Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Beat. This is our first special episode of the new season and with Patrick Vieira taking his Crystal Palace side to the Emirates Stadium on Monday night, what better time to look back on the Frenchman's Arsenal legacy? I'm Mark Manbrines from PA Media and I spoke to Chief Football Writer for the Mirror, John Cross, Henry Winter, the Chief Football Writer for the Times and Mark Irwin of The Sun to discuss the impact Vieira made during his nine-year stay at Highbury. Vieira would join Arsenal from AC Milan ahead of the arrival of Arsene Wenger, despite being hand-picked by the incoming manager. Described as a thinking man's Carlton Palmer following his debut, it was clear early doors that the young, leggy Frenchman was something special. We hear first now from John Cross, then Henry Winter, and finally Mark Irwin on Vieira's initial impressions and his obvious ability over the years. I don't think there was the depth of knowledge. I make yourself sound really old and sort of kind of also rather patronising towards journalists back at that time. I was quite fascinated by Italian football at the time. But, you know, really, the reality was, you know, I mean, he's played sort of out, out every week and there's fantastic coverage on Channel 4, basically. Um, but the reality was that, it, it yeah, it, the, the knowledge around Europe just wasn't the same then. And he did arrive on a relatively low fee. I think it was two and a half million, wasn't it? And, or there or thereabouts. And it, yeah, pretty unheard of, an unknown quantity. Um, but the thing that I remember was just sort of early conversations with, with a few players around the edges. I remember sort of Ray, talking to Ray Parlo about it and basically saying, my God, this guy is good. <laughs> and it's just, because I think it's hard to remember a player who more epitomised the kind of the Wenger style of signing in terms of athleticism, intelligence on the you know on the pitch, really, really got the game from such a young age because he signed as such a young player, really in relative terms. But then also his kind of you know, physicality from uh, you know a sort of a, a real powerful point of view and he was so strong and so commanding he just absolutely bossed the midfield and you know his arrival I think just underpinned everything that Wenger was trying to do basically and just fabulous player I can't think of many better who in that role his rivalry with Roy Keane was just phenomenal they were you know an absolute fantastic pair together you know slightly different I would argue but they're basically keen at his best who was the rampaging typical midfielder who could defend and then get forward and you know score goals and at his best Vieira exactly the same and I just think that they were made to have that rivalry and you know just he arrived and I, I actually think that that signing itself went such a long way to convincing the other players and the fans about the quality of Wenger thinking, blimey, if he can pluck this guy from relative obscurity and put him straight in, because it didn't take him long to adjust. I remember him arriving. I remember there being quite a bit of excitement around him. But obviously this was very early days with, with Wenger. But just the games, just the, you know, the, the joy of covering games and just seeing this remarkable man with these long legs, his telescopic legs. And he, he, he almost sort of reinvented central midfield play. And 
you got to remember when, when he was playing in that period, was it 96 to what, about 2005? There were some outstanding central midfielders that he was up against then, you know, a young Gerard, um, and obviously, uh, you know, Roy Keane as well. And but he was just, he was just magnificent to watch. I mean, you know, box to box. I mean, I can remember, I mean, certain games that sort of spring out, they almost become like sort of old albums that you sort of, you remember very sort of vividly. And I always start with a programme cover of the, the 2001 Cup final down in Cardiff against Liverpool. And it had a young Gerard tackling um, Vieira on the front cover. And I remember getting the programme thinking, oh, well, that's probably going to be one of the themes of the day. But actually, even though Liverpool won, Vieira absolutely bossed Gerard, and I remember I I did a book with or I helped um, Stevie with a book about four or five years later, and he talked about the experience there playing against someone of Vieira's ability, just his all round strength. He just said, you know, he wouldn't leave you alone. You know, he was that pressing. He was always at you. He was a winner. He wanted the ball. He was hounding Gerard. And then he would just race away. He had that acceleration and that ability with those long legs to cover ground so quickly. And he had the sort of the technique and the balance. But I remember what Gerard said, and he was, he was talking about it sort of four, well, five years on, and it was still burned in his mind about if I'm going to do something with my career at Liverpool and with England, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got to reach this level because I'm not even close to him. He wasn't on the pitch. So even though Liverpool won that day at Cardiff, I mean, you know, very fortuitously, you know, with Michael Owen's goal and a handball, which should have been seen on the line. But just Vieira was just magnificent that day. And if you take it from someone like Gerard, who was up close or as close as he could get to Vieira, and even though he won, he just came away thinking, I've got to reach his level. So I think that was one of my favourite games. Look, everyone's, you know, if you talk to Arsenal fans, they'll probably talk about the the Spurs game, the 2-2, 2004. Because, I mean, looking at it from the press box, for me, Vieira embodied the Invincibles. He embodied that, that strength of character, that resolve, that will to win, that sheer bloody mindedness, that fighting spirit. I actually covered his debut. I remember it was against Sheffield Wednesday. He came on as a sub and we were like this kid and he's just like unbelievable. I've never seen, I've never seen a debut, possibly Wayne Rooney, but I can't remember a debut as, as staggering as this, this kid who no one had ever heard of. And, and he was, I, I suspect he was the most influential player of the Wenger era. And I know people, obviously, Henri was a brilliant player. But Vieira came in and just totally changed the way Arsenal played. I mean, he just totally dominated midfield. And when they then signed Petit, I think he came the following season, if I remember. I mean, the two of them just, you know, suddenly everyone was talking about having these two sort of monsters in midfield, these defensive players, we just changed the shape of midfield play. I mean, not before then, you'd, you'd obviously had players like sort of Vinnie Jones and these sorts of hatchet men in midfield, but Vieira was so much more. I mean, he was a, a real proper player. And bear in mind, no one had ever heard of him. When they signed him, they hadn't actually confirmed that Wenger was the manager. And it was all a bit weird because even when he made his debut, they still hadn't admitted that Wenger was coming as manager, although we all knew he was coming in those days, you know, before the sort of the internet and all that sort of thing. You know, no one, yeah, we knew about Bergkamp and 
Klinsmann and players like that. But when they were signing these kids, what Arsenal were doing from France and you know Italy, literally this guy was out of the blue. He was just he was a game changer for Arsenal. Vieira would soon become integral to Arsenal, earning the respect of the league and being Arsene Wenger's man on the pitch, even if he did pick up the odd red card. Mark continues the story of his impact on the dressing room as John talks maturation and Henry highlights a moment which proved Vieira's class. He was the completely sort of the antithesis of this sort of hard drinking, yeah, sort of school or hard knocks where they all go out on the lash and all get pissed together. Yeah, and, and this guy came in and he, I think he sort of told yeah, the, the players who maybe might have been sceptical about Wenger when, you know, when he took over and a lot of the, the English players admitted they, they weren't sure about the guy. And then this, this kid comes in and they can see the way that he plays and he trains and he behaves and they can see, well, this is, you know, this is what we can do. This guy is so good. And I think instantly he earned the respect of all the players. I mean, but yeah, he, was, he wasn't perfect because, I mean, especially early on, he had a lot, of, a lot of disciplinary issues with him. But, my God, I mean, I think, yeah, he opened a lot of eyes at Arsenal when he arrived. I think also his partnership with, with Petit, you know, they really, I mean, Petit almost sat, and gave Vieira license to to roam forward, and so I thought I thought of Vieira as the rampaging roaming midfielder, and actually as it developed, you know, when Petit left, I actually thought Vieira was the more disciplined, you know, sort of anchorman and sort of kind of he just developed his all round game. So in those early days when he had that partnership with Petit, I just thought it was the best partnership around. But it, it was a brilliant base for Vieira because it meant that sort of Petit was disciplined and strong. And then basically he was able to then just be the springboard for Vieira to bomb forward, show his quality, show his strength. I mean, it's fantastic, really. He did get himself in all sorts of trouble. I mean, it is amazing to think that basically back in the day of Wenger's, you know, sort of early days, really, with a few of us used to keep stats and basically, the biggest one of all was how many red cards under Wenger's reign. And basically, Vieira took a lot of those up. <laughs> he really did. He couldn't, he couldn't keep his temper at all. And it was just a sort of a running total. And basically, I do actually think something, something changed around a couple of sendings. Petit actually got more, got more upset. And more, he went public, you know, more than Vieira. Because I think Vieira, in a way, accepted that, do you know what, I'm a bit hot-headed and a bit young and, you know, out of control, whereas Petit thought English football's got it in for me, basically, and used that as one of the excuses, I think, as to, as to why he wanted to leave and sort of have that rather unsuccessful spell in at Barcelona for a year before he came back, basically. And, I, you know, I sort of sympathised with them both, really, because they were just absolute phenomenal players on the pitch but very very powerful straight into the tackle Vieira I do think calmed down and controlled himself a lot better you know that I think that bust up with I'm pretty sure it was with Ruddock wasn't it and basically against West Ham and um, he just calmed himself and didn't stop you know stop short you could see him almost counting to 10 before he flew into tackles 
but I do I do think of that particular type he, he, for me he's the, the unquestionably the best holding player that Arsenal have frankly have ever had that I've ever seen really absolutely fantastic phenomenal player it slightly annoys me when people think about Vieira and they just think about him as this tackling monster and all about this will to win because he had a lovely touch on him but if I think I was if I was going to pick out one moment of Vieira I would say it was it was a goal at Anfield in in 2004. Uh, I think the Invincibles run was over by then, even though they were you know they they were they were champions and maybe it wasn't necessarily one of their best of seasons certainly in the league. But it was just if you, if you look at the footage and I, I was there and I can remember the quick passing of Arsenal Vieira. You know he he picked up the ball and he pinged it into. Um, Thierry Henry, who played it off to Pires, and then he just Vieira had just continued his run, and it was like you know, it's like the QE2 coming into sort of New York Harbor. It was just this magnificent sight as he just went flying through, and then Pires laid the ball off him. I mean, Carragher's sort of like spinning around and sort of trying to keep up with him. You know, a defender as good as Carragher was caught out by, by Vieira's run, and then Chris Kirkland was a good goalkeeper came out and tried to block the angle. And it was just, you wouldn't call it arrogance because it was just, it's what Vieira did. And he just lifted the ball over Kirkland and in. And I just thought, and you know, another game actually when when, when Arsenal lost and he, he, you know, he did a, you know, he, he just produced a goal of that quality. Um, and what I love, the final thing I'll say about him and his goals in those games, I just love the way he smiled when he celebrated. Because even though he was this hard man who just wanted to win, the passion for the game to give the fans joy and his teammates joy was just supreme in Patrick. Coca-Cola versus Pepsi, Burger King versus McDonald's, Red Sox versus the Yankees, Microsoft versus Apple, Adidas versus Nike. No matter what the field, having a major rival can only help drive one to greater things. And for Patrick Vieira, that man was Manchester United counterpart Roy Keane. Here, Mark discusses Vieira's drive and Henry recalls the infamous clash between the pair in the Highbury Tunnel. Two players just literally go head to head like that. I mean, he was... It was an extraordinary, I mean, yeah, there was obviously that famous incident in the tunnel where they're sort of calling each other out before the match has even kicked off. But there was so many games. I mean, and, and Man United, was, you know, obviously the whole, I think there's a whole um, Ferguson philosophy because he clearly didn't like the challenge coming from Arsenal. And it became, they would definitely target Arsenal physically, you know, and there were some games and they really, really went for them. You know, and, and Vieira, was the one player, well, it wasn't the one player, but you, he was the player that you knew wasn't going to back down. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of the Arsenal players probably could be kicked out of the game and intimidated, but, I mean, Vieira would not be intimidated. I mean, he may be provoked into reacting, and that was his, and that was his downfall, especially early on. I and mean, I think he had, I'm right, I think he had 10 red cards at Arsenal. He wasn't... He wasn't a shrinking violent, you know, and he did have his, his disciplinary issues. There was one, you know, I think he spat at Neil Ruddock, didn't he, and got a ban. So he wasn't, he wasn't always 
the best behaved, but he was a real warrior. And I think the rest of the team sort of looked to him for inspiration. And when, when the battle was needed, he was the one who'd be driving them, you know, which is why I think he was made captain by Ben Gunning. You know, I think he, after Adam was left, he, he was the perfect man to captain that team. <laughs> I was upstairs at Highbury um, in that very cramped press box not realizing quite the sort of the, the scenes of anarchy in that tiny tunnel down below. Obviously we caught up very quickly with it because Sky had it. <laughs> like the sky's brilliant viewing figures. Must have been amazing for it. And it was you what I liked about Vieira was he went looking for for Neville um because he knew that Neville was um, Gary Anfield had sort of worked over rares, particularly in the past, or worked over one or two of the Arsenal creative players. And Vieira, a bit like Keane, the way he defended his team, a bit like Brian Robson would, would go and protect Ryan Giggs on a pitch with Manchester United. I mean, all, all the top teams like Manchester United, like Arsenal in their pomp, had someone like that who would stand up for players on and off the pitch. And he did that and he went looking for Gary Neville and then Roy Keane, so we went looking for him. And I mean, the, the scenes in the tunnel, absolutely brilliant. Slightly comical, but also slightly um, intense. Because of the, if you've been in the tunnel, the old tunnel at Highbury, it, it was it was very, very, very crammed. I mean, I've only went through like just once chasing a manager, I think. And But it is, it, it, just to see that scene there. Um, but yeah, but it just showed his his winning mentality to stand up to Keane off the pitch and Keane with him and then on the pitch as well. Um, and it was quite funny because it was just an epic game, 2-4, uh, Manchester United won. And yet the thing that people can remember most about it, I mean, it was one of the best games in Premier League history. And then and yet what people remember about it was um, two teams lining up in a rather cramped corridor. I think it's great when you've got players like Vieira and like Keane and like Gerard, obviously, at, at Liverpool, who are not only technically accomplished, not only, you know, supreme professionals in terms of making sure they're absolutely at fever pitch when they come off onto the pitch, but just that nothing else matters to them but winning. Nothing else matters to them but the team. And, you know, and they could play, you know, that's, you know, it, it's like when I listen to Graham Souness on Sky, you know, people forget that he could, he could bully, he could create, he could, he could do everything. He was just, he was a fantastic one. And those players for me are just, I know everyone raves about the sort of, you know, the strikers and finishers and, and what have you, but, but th those players in the middle who could do everything. I mean, Vieira could have played at centre-half. You know, he, he could have played further forward. He, you know, he had that delicate touch just to play the ball around the corner or to play it into a teammate or to hold it up with the centre-half and his back to goal. He, you know, he was just, he was the ultimate player. Not all great players can translate their success on the pitch into the dugout. Vieira is still cutting his teeth as a manager, but can he make it to the top? Here, Henry praises the influence of Manchester City on his coaching career and wonders what if he made it onto Arsene Wenger's coaching staff. John speaks of Vieira's want to test himself at Crystal Palace and Mark believes that his return to Arsenal will be toasted by the home fans. You never know, and particularly 
great players, you, you never know whether they're going to be able to translate the gifts that they have um, and whether they've got necessarily the patience, whether they want to do it, whether they've got, you know, but, but Fiera's always had that hunger. And I think, you know, he played under Arsene Wenger, so he would have learned there, such an intelligent individual. Um, he played under Jose Mourinho, at Inter, so he will have learned there. He played under Pep Guardiola. And I think when you're looking at what he's now achieving or beginning to achieve with Crystal Palace, you've got to give um, Manchester City great credit because obviously they saw a player, but they also saw obviously a leader, but they also saw a potential coach. And Brian Marwoods, obviously ex-Arsenal, um, he, he, he definitely saw something in Patrick Vieira and he, he worked for the sort of the EDS with sort of the under 21, sort of developing that. And, you know, if you're a young player at Manchester City and you see Patrick Vieira coming out there, this embodiment of winning, that's, you know, the three titles, the four FA Cups, just that indefatigable, you know, desire to win. You, you are going to listen, you learn, particularly when you've got that trait in Patrick Vieira's character. There's a humility there. There's a willingness to learn. There's no arrogance. There's none of that. Look, I'm a huge Glenn Hoddle fan, but because Glenn Hoddle was just so brilliant technically, he sometimes found, it came so instinctively to him, he sometimes found it difficult, and the England players often occasionally mentioned this, that he would find it difficult when they couldn't do something that came to him so naturally. But Vieira, because he worked through you know, his life, because he went through some difficulties at the start of his you know, his rise up the ladder. I think he's always had that humility and that desire to, 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 to teach, but not in a sort of haughty way, a desire to sort of just let players achieve as much as they can. Um, and it was interesting. I was sort of talking to, I went out to Sims, say in, in, in New York, and it was a bizarre place. It was in the, it was kind of in the middle of nowhere. And we went out there and it was a like a university training ground and Patrick was in his 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 office. And before I went in, I had a chat with Claudia Reina, who was the, the sporting director. And I just said, listen, I'm just going in to see Patrick. How are you doing? Enjoyed your career. Blah, blah, blah. Lovely weather. Where are we? Um, but but just tell me, why do you think, why, why, why are you backing Vieira here? And he said, I checked the quote because he said, Patrick has everything to be a top manager because he's got humility, the work ethic, he's a leader and he's got the willingness to learn and he's watched Pep. And I also remember when, when he did, when Patrick did his pro license, he spent a week at, at Bayern Munich with, with Pep Guardiola. He was always wanting to sort of learn from a, from a, an, an early age. He always had this sense of what's the next stage of my career. I want to keep this, invincibility within in my career I want to keep that going throughout my life and so I went into his office and I said to him I said well, you know, why are you here you should be at Arsenal you should be working with with Arsene Wenger and I, he was quite sort of soulful and he obviously didn't want to criticize Wenger heavily but he said listen you know Steve Bob was there at the time but he said look it was it's important that the members of the invincible generation do the, the Arsenal in a way embraces them and helps them and embeds them and I think we've we've seen that a little bit more with obviously Freddie Lundberg, Per Mertesaka and Edu coming in but I just think it if you'd imagine if you'd had Patrick Vieira on the bench next to Arsene Wenger he would have challenged Wenger a bit more 
he would have been in that dressing room at a period in Arsenal's history. Okay, there was the FA Cups, but still there was that sense of drift in the, you know, you covered it in the tail end of the, the Wenger era. And I just think it was it was a missed opportunity by the club. Marwood, credit to him, they tweaked it at Manchester City. But Arsenal should have done everything they could to have to have obviously appreciated the quality and the potential of Patrick Vieira as perhaps one day a future coach of, of Arsenal. And actually let him done his developing. I'm sure, he wanted to carry on living in London. He enjoyed life in London, um, but at, but at Arsenal. But 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 one of the things I said: listen, one day you will, you know, you, you'll come back. And he he's, he was quite clear about it. He said, my goal is one day to manage one of the biggest clubs in Europe. He'd come back. Didn't necessarily work out completely in France, um, although I think they had issues with <clears throat> with sort of budgets or whatever. But he's come to Palace. And he seems a really good fit at Palace. Um, and I think he will, he will go on from there. I mean, I hope he has a fantastic career at Palace. Uh, but I can see him a, a rung above that as well. I do think he's got lots of potential. So I, I actually went and saw him. In, he, he managed in the sort of kind of the city franchise. And basically went and saw him in, in, in the States, actually, in New York, basically, when he was in charge of New York City under that sort of kind of city franchise. I was so impressed with him in the way that he spoke and the way that he was sort of kind of doing things. And he could have come back, I think, to City and kind of be based there. And But I think he wanted to, you know, do his own thing and push himself. He obviously went to France and his first season was good. Then obviously the club went into a bit of, you know, a bit of a free fall, basically. And so I think, it, you know, I think it's unfair to judge him on how that ended. So I always felt as if he would come back and I felt as if, of all the former players that were being mentioned about it at that time, that he was maybe the most viable. When I say former players, sorry, I should say, you know, legends, if you like, basically, because there were a few others linked with it. I mean, you know, Arteta was a good player for Arsenal, but I don't think even he put himself down as sort of legendary character, his sort of kind of status. But I do think that, you know, I just feel that he speaks with an authority. And if you are a player, you're just going to listen to what he says because he's got that aura. He really has. I don't know whether sort of kind of even the great players like Roy Keane kept that aura, but, you know, Patrick Vieira certainly has. He's just, you know, so elegant. And the way that he talks, I'd kind of want to play for that guy. And I think, you know, yes, they took a batter in um, opening day of the season and maybe a few people thought, oh, I'm not sure about Palace. They didn't do much business in, in the window, but they've ended up doing a bit more towards the end of the window and it feels like they're in a better place. And I just think that he's he's done he's been quite clever in that basically he's taken the foundations from the Roy Hodgson era, which I think were really good and strong, well-run club as well, and, um, and just built on that and said, go on, be a bit more expansive. And I think he'll just grow into it. And I think he's, I think he'll be a good appointment, really. And I, 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 I don't want to be patronising for Palace here, but I do feel it will be a stepping stone because I do feel as if he's, he's got potential even higher as well. So, which would be good for Palace, obviously. He came back for one game and he actually wasn't very good. He was sort of, he looked a bit like he was on his last legs at the time. He was sort of, overshadowed by Fabregas, who was emerging at the time, but he will get a sensational uh, reception from the fans. I mean, the fans, obviously the, the older fans who remember him, just love him. And, you know, I mean, it's odd because Palace don't normally get, you know, normally don't get a good reception at Arsenal because 
you know, they, you know, they have quite a few run-ins recently, haven't they? But um, Vieira will get a massive reception, I think. One thing's for sure is that Vieira will be keen to leave Arsenal with more than good memories on Monday night as he looks to get one over on his former team. I'd like to thank John, Henry and Mark for their contributions. Join us after the Palace game for a debrief and over the course of the season for the usual fun and games with the Arsenal Beat Quiz and Guest the Guna. Please remember to rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And above all, stay safe.